Courtside Indiana podcast is brought to you by Metro Indy Basketball Fall League. The 14th Annual Fall League runs from Sundays, October 11th through November 1st. For more information and to register, visit MetroIndyBasketball.com. Also, Box Out Sports, the best sports graphics platform. Built for speed and control with your organization in mind. Try it now for free at BoxOutSports.com. Welcome to episode 28 of the Courtside Indiana podcast. I'm Jim Reamer, and as always, I'm joined by Zach Tyler. Zach, how, how's everything going? And you're getting close to being in the classroom, aren't you? Yeah, we, we go back uh, tomorrow in the hybrid method. So we'll have more okay. white guys starting tomorrow. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's working down here. Uh, and in HSE school, in Carmel, Noblesville, Westfield, I know we've touched on have been doing the hybrid model. Um, and Hamilton Southeastern Fishers, which is the same school school district, have voted to do it um, here. I think not this upcoming week, but the next week is when they'll start doing that. So things are starting to get a little bit back to normal. I don't know that that makes anything any less, any more safe, but um, we're learning how to live through it. And football is going well, so that bodes well for high school basketball. So, uh, and again, it won't be without hiccups, right? That's right. Any, any games up that way, like canceled, that just couldn't – were there any games in your area canceled? There were a couple down here. Yeah, yeah. we actually our, – our high school hasn't been able to play yet because of COVID. Uh, they on their, their end or just – on their yeah, end or just because end, of the yeah. opponents? Interesting. Our yeah. end, yeah. So, finally, this coming Friday we'll get to play. Uh Okay. Goshen just had to shut it, shut it down this Friday, and they weren't able to play the other day, so they lost, they're going to lose a couple games. Yeah, the athletics directors deserve a raise after this year. So, we if we have a referendum on that, I would be the guy voting for it. So these guys are putting in a lot of work trying to get these schedules figured out, and I I imagine there'll still be some issues like what we're going through for basketball, but at the very least, it looks like we're going to have normal sports seasons here in Indiana uh, with some juggling along the way. So, but that's good news for those of us that like to go to basketball games. So for sure. All right, we're moving on slow week and offers, but big week, or at least starting to get to be a big week in terms of commitment. So why don't you go ahead and lead off with that? And we'll talk about these guys as, as they come across. All right. So three offers this week, two commitments, Um, Riley Duncan, a Muskegon offer. Uh, Peter Suter, Toledo offer, and then Kamari Lands, who's leaving Lalamere now, but he got a Georgetown offer. The two commitments this week, we had a couple bigger ones. Langdon Hatton is going is going to William and Mary, and Blake Sicily is going to go to Evansville, stay close to home. Yeah. Uh, sticking with the offers real quick, the the Suter offer that's his first. I mean, when you look at the conference makeups, his first full-blown mid-major offer, um, a lot of times that there's some juggling in between who, what's a mid-major, what's not a mid-major. Um, you know, the MAC is solidly in that, that, that top 40%, but not quite not a multi-bid league these days. So they're, uh, they're squarely a mid-major situation. Um, so that's that's good for him. His his recruiting, or at least his offers, are ramping up a little bit. Not that you won't see New Orleans, especially, hanging in there and battling it out for him um, down the stretch. And um, you know, it was interesting. Mantis, when Chris Mantis came out with his list, you know, he didn't say anything specific, but but one of the things he said was the schools that he he narrowed in on were the ones that were the most persistent. Toledo was initially a school that offered him, but did not make his cut. Um, and they, they do make a lot of offers. Um, so that'll be, uh, see how that plays out because I know new Orleans is going to swing away on him till the end. Um, as long as he's still considering them and, and, you know, they're going to, they're going to try and get as many Indiana kids down there as they can. So, cause there's, there's, they've got a very Indiana centric coaching staff, uh, maybe not centric, but the, you know, their head coach and their, their associate head coach, both Indiana guys. So, um, 
Lands gets that Georgetown offer. Uh, you know, just not had a chance to see him play. So that's a good offer for him. That's a good offer. That's a great offer for him. So, um, and you have you seen Riley Duncan play? I haven't. No. It's interesting. He's a big kid. He's he had some injuries when he was younger. Um, he is a he's a just a, a a very big body in that class. There's not a lot of it. He, he's a guy that I think. You know, mobility will be his issue. The, you know, the junior college level will, will be a, a good test for him. Um, but I, I, I liked him. He worked. I saw him. I got a chance to watch him play part of a game. He got injured, but then I got a chance to see him practice twice. Really liked just see him trying things when he was younger, trying to play through contact, things like that, just learning his body. And, and um, he got injured didn't get to play that summer and and that's kind of the last I've seen of him was that his sophomore year so uh, but definitely unique body type for this class he's a big kid and there's just other than you know we see a guy like Hatton who commits not a lot of it so the Hatton commitment you know don't know much about William and Mary these days Um, obviously it's a great school academically Um, you know they have had some Indiana connections on their staff in the past, I need to look. I don't know if they still do or don't, um, but um, that's still a great situation for him, especially when you look at the academic side of it. And then uh, Sisley committing to Evansville, that just makes a lot of sense. It's a great level for him. It's a solid mid-major conference. Uh, some, every now and then it jumps in as a multi-bid league, so the competition there is going to be excellent. And um, that's – you know, he'll be a really good four in the Missouri Valley. He'll have a chance to be skilled, to you know, to be diverse on the offensive end, and he'll be able to guard multiple positions in that league too. So, um, anything on those guys? You you didn't get a chance really to see Sisley play, or maybe you no, you maybe you did. Did you get a chance to yeah. see him play with Indy Heat? Yeah, I did this year actually a little bit, and <clears throat> I agree with what you're saying about him uh, fitting well at Evansville. In that league there will be good for him playing the four. Good pick and pop guy can knock down threes. It'll it'll be good for him there, and he'll be a guy that can attack. You know, as he he'll be a guy that can attack closeouts too, and and make decisions. He'll 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 be a guy that can get one dribble in deep, make a play, and and that could be you know just stopping into the next pass or 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 finishing, and and you know it'll be good to see him as he develops. Um, if he gets a chance to develop that mid-range, mid-range offensively, where he's maybe even a little bit of you know maybe even a little bit of a floater game uh, around the basket. So, um, well, moving on. So we're we're jumping into these player, these positional evaluations in each of these classes, and we've we've already done twenty twenty two point guard, shooting guard, and small forward. Um, this week, we're combining power forward and center for a couple of reasons. One, size is a premium. There's just not as many big kids at this at what we're discussing at this point. Um, the, the website will go into a lot of these kids deeper, uh, but just from just from a podcast develop or from a podcast process, some of these kids we're looking at are guys that we see, you know, clearly a D one level caliber kids are on the cusp of it um and that doesn't mean we won't be wrong uh there'll be there'll be more kids that slip into this into this category as they get older uh but the other thing too is especially in this class the, the power four position has sort of been raked over the coals a little bit by injury and a, and a couple of the top guys are, are going to probably end up playing football in college but but we'll start with power forwards and we'll start with I mean, the the top power forward is Jalen Washington. Any disagreement there? No, not, not at all. Even even without seeing him, just from the rankings we've seen and all the talk we've seen, and his offers, like we talk about a lot of times, the offers speak for themselves. I mean, he goes Alabama, IU, Louisville, Maryland, Nebraska, Purdue, and then Stanford, the latest. I mean, that just yeah. shows he's he's easily the top player. You have you not seen him at all? No. Okay. He. I know we've talked about him a little bit, and, I, and I've probably asked you that each time, but the one thing that I've liked about him is 
at a young age, he's he had a pretty broad skill set. Now, a lot of it was, especially when I saw him playing the Charlie Hughes, Hughes invite, he, got, he did get a chance to play a couple of games there before sitting out with an injury on Sunday. Um, he, you could see the skill set developing, but you could also see where it wasn't where it needed to be yet. You know, he kind of dribbled into trouble. Body is still still real thin at that point, so any any contact from the you know from older stronger kids, he would kind of buckle a little bit. Um, but then when he can get in space, he was just you could really see it pop, and he was a a lot like, and I think he'll end up being a different type of player. But he was a lot like Jared Jeffries at that age, where you could really start to see what was about to happen. And just as a freshman, just was a lot of not not mistakes, you know, mistakes of commission versus mistakes of omission, trying to do maybe a little bit too much and and just getting beaten up a little bit by older guys. And and you know Jeffrey's on a team that won a state championship did not play varsity or did not get a, a whole lot of varsity run as a freshman. Um you know, so you know, it wasn't completely smooth sailing for him. There was definitely a process down at Bloomington North. Um, but Washington's a lot like that. He's just going to be a guy that one day he's going to wake up, his body's going to catch up to his, his or his skill set's going to catch up to his body and he's going to get stronger and he's just going to snap and it's it's going to look great. And I'm looking forward to seeing him play again because I'm sure by now he's probably pretty healthy. So Did he not uh, play in that game you came to the region to watch? He did not, no. I don't think there was any intention of him doing anything this summer, especially as COVID kind of shut down most of the meaningful events. I mean, there was some decent, like, the, the you know, the couple of events. There were some events that, that are in May that got pushed to June, you know, maybe got pushed to later, but none of the important stuff that we normally do was really played this year. and. That's why we didn't travel, and that's why in a lot of you saw in some of these kids that are injured, they didn't play. He was one of them. Another one would be Ethan Oakley from North Harrison, um, who he was injured during the school year, and I don't know that he's popped up anywhere either. Um, you know, he and Hatton are, are teammates together, and you talk about size being a premium, but but those two guys, 6'10", 6'8", on the same team for, you know, for a three, a team is, is going to be pretty imposing down there and makes that North Harrison silver Creek game. Pretty interesting, um, entertainment. So, um, so really Cademan Bontrager is kind of the, the first guy on this list that, you know, is healthy and was playing and you've had a chance to see him play quite a bit. So talk a little bit about him. No, actually, he's the one I didn't see. I saw oh, the that's the flip. Oh, so he flipped it. Oh, he flipped yeah. it. So he's mine. Oh, okay. Well, good. I can give. Um, he's got the Grayson Huntington offers. I can give you that. So NAIA Crossroads yeah. League. Close well, to I've seen. I've seen him. I look. He's. He's a kid. He played for in the Elite's top team. He really struggled against the Indy Heat in the Battle of the Brands game. Um, you know, and he's. He needs a more definable offensive skill set for my taste. He's he's a he's got a good motor. He he's he's active around the basket. I know that's gonna be redundant because I'm gonna talk about how he's active on both ends of the floor. He he you know, he tries to be a rim protector. And, you know, on on at Lakewood Park Christian, they're you know, they're playing a bunch of one, two, some, maybe some three A schools. He's he's definitely an an imposing player in the, in that game. He's athletic. He's as he starts to get a more definable offensive skill set, uh, I think he really transitions into being a, a you know a, at least a low D one caliber power forward. Um, you know, and and he he just struggled with the physicality of the game that that we saw that that weekend, and um, I don't know if it was because he hadn't faced a lot of it yet. Because again, we're not playing a normal AAU schedule, so by the time you get to July, you're usually seven, eight, sometimes nine events in. 
you know, and you're used to it. Um, I don't know how much, how much those guys play. There are even a couple of events where they didn't even play, um, where the other Indiana elite teams were. I don't, that's not a criticism. Just saying that's how screwed up all the scheduling was this year for, for a lot of us. And so times I thought we were going to get a chance to see them play because he's on the same team as Will Loving's Watts. Uh, they, they weren't in action. Um, but no, but he plays hard. He competes, he, you know, he didn't back down and he just, he just struggled that game. And that's a, it's a bad view. It's a, it's a bad timing for, a, for a view. Um, but those are the kind of kids he's going to have to compete against and show that he could be successful against if he's going to start getting um, a little bit higher recruiting offers now still very early in the game. And he's one of those guys that I think a lot of these NAI schools are going to hope he doesn't develop uh, because he is just a junior. And it's still very rare, even though we're going to get to Joe Reedy here too, it's still very rare um, for NAI schools to get involved with kids that young. And, um, but of course, in both these cases, as we get to Reedy, you know, there'll be a guy that they're local, you know, they're, they're in the area. And, and if they, if they don't get, if they don't have bigger recruiting, maybe they'll, they'll stay close to home and, and go favor the guys that, uh, you know, favor the guys that showed them the most attention. So I know I've had a couple of kids do that. You're talking about his schedule. I see on, on the, this upcoming year, five games on Harold so far, a couple of, jumped out to me where uh, they play Blackhawk, Christian, and then Central Noble. So it'll be interesting to see how he does against those couple schools. Right. 2A, but with, with top-end talent. Well, yeah, both Blackhawk and Central Noble have guys that have D1 offers. Obviously, Blackhawk's right. got first. So, yeah, I mean, that'll be a big a big challenge for him. And it, and it won't be it won't be bad if he struggles against first. I mean, Trey Kaufman struggled against first. So um, when they when they played – so it won't be an end-all, tell-all. Just that game. I mean, I still like his potential. I, I think if I'm a if I'm a low D1 program, I'm looking at him. If I'm D2 and NAI, I'm kind of hoping he sort of slips through, um, you know. And and but you know, he's not. He's not going to battle a whole lot of size on their schedule. So you're going to see some times where he pops. And you're going to wonder who he's doing it against. And, um, but again, to his part, the stuff that he can control, he did. He plays hard. He's active. And, um, you know, and he's going to be a guy that, especially if you're screen and roll game, to where he can be a rim run guy off the, off the screen and, and make a play. So, um, but moving on, uh, Joe Reedy is a guy that, so these next two guys are kind of your guys, right? that we're looking yeah. at Reedy and so talk about Joe. Okay. So Joe's got some all uh, crossroads league offers also. And then the WAC offer uh, Indiana tech and Madonna are the WAC offers he's got. And then St. Francis right there close to home. He's from Woodland high school, by the way. Uh, what I saw him this summer, I hadn't seen him during the season. He was uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, perimeter game in the corner shooting. Uh, he rebounds really well, I feel like, though. At the same time, he'll go in and get offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds. Uh, solid defender. Those quicker guys obviously get around him a little easier, but I think he can improve that for sure. Uh, but, yeah, he's the stretch four, I feel like. He didn't bang too much in the post with the games I saw him. He was more shooting and uh, rebounds. Yeah. Um, I, I like the – for me, I like – when I watched him play, drove and made plays, you know, and, and playing with Jalen Jackson from Carroll, you know, those are the top two kids in that team, at least offensively, that I could that I could tell. Yeah. And, you know, the other guy they play that I like that they have is DJ Hall. I'm going to double-check and make sure I got DJ Allen. Sorry, I know a DJ Hall. My fault. DJ Allen. But – yeah, Joe. Joe was able to put the ball on the floor, and and he, and he did shoot the ball extremely well. And he will maximize his recruiting where he can guard the four spot. And I think that's 
that's where it will be for him. And, and it doesn't mean at that level, he won't be able to guard multiple positions, but he's, but at, at six, six, maybe still growing. Um, you know, I don't know how much more he'll have in him. I, I don't know. Don't know him well enough, but, but at six, six, he's, he's pretty skilled for six, six. I just, I wonder if he's, if he would be able to guard a three, you know, at the, at the D2, D1 level, um, that, that will be a question that has to get answered, but, but look at him right now. He's, and I, cause I like his toughness. Um, yeah. you know, he's definitely a kid that, um, will, will bang physically against bigger kids. And, 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 you know, the D one D two level, your, your power forwards are six, 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 seven these days. So very few times are they six, eight or bigger. And if they are, those guys usually maybe are lacking some, some skill set or something in their skill set that's kept them from going bigger. So, um, Kalia, Kaleo, you like him. I mean, we both like him. I, he comes down and plays in our fall league. So I, I get a chance to see him a decent amount um, in the fall every year, but you've, you've, you've watched him and really liked him. Yeah. Uh, I got to see him a couple times this year, watched Marion play. Um, and he, yeah. he got into foul trouble. Those few games I saw trying to be a little too aggressive, I guess you'd say reaching, trying to block shots. But I feel like this summer when I've seen him, uh, he's got that under control a little more, maybe knows how to defend, isn't jumping at passes as much, isn't, isn't jumping at, to try to block shots as much, maybe. Um, his rebounding has improved, I feel like, a little bit. Can score in the paint, can shoot it a little. He's added that to his game, it looks like, this summer as well. Improving there for sure. Uh, Defending-wise, uh, at the next level, I'm not sure. Is he, do you think he's a four or is he a three? Can he, can he defend both of those positions right now? I'm not I, sure. He, to me, he'll be a guy that can guard multiple positions. Um, sure. He's got good length, you know, and he's he's athletic. I've I've liked that about him, and he's, um, you know, a lot of it will be, a lot of it will be a system situation. I mean, he's he's got he's got good length. He's going to be able to guard a lot of threes at certain levels, um, but another guy that I think will maximize his recruiting at the power forward spot. Um, you know, defensively and, and offensively. I, I've not seen him shoot consistently yet from outside. I I know that that's improved part of his game. So that's just the next step. It's, you yeah, know, it's not improved. Um, I guess the perspective. Footers too. Yeah. The perspective is, is that he's, it's improving. Um, you know, that's, but, but I've always liked his ability. I've always liked how he's attacked the basket and yeah, definitely. And he could finish. There's no question. <laughs> he definitely, I like he's he's uh, another kid like Bontrager's. He's got a great motor. And and in Kakalia's perspective, when I've seen him play, he's just been all over the place. He he battles. I mean, he's he he throws his body around, um, especially in the defensive end. He, he does like the block shots. And that I could you know at the high school level in high school games that will get you in foul trouble if yeah. you're just constantly hunting that um but then he's relentless running the floor and he, he's a fun watch in the fall league just because he plays so hard and that stands out even even though it is a competitive league and those guys get after it especially as the league gets on the, the games start to have a little bit more importance um he's always playing hard and he's always trying to to make plays and and that's the time to do it and so he's always looks really good down here. And so I've always kind of liked him um, just because I've seen him play so aggressively and, and you're okay with sometimes with mistakes like that when they're, when they're being aggressive. So. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing him play this year. Yeah. Without uh, Bracey on the team, how that goes. I think yeah. Take, that, little, take a step forward. I think this year. For well, and they were, they were a pretty young team, weren't they? Other than, yeah. Other than Bracey. Yeah. A lot of them, I mean, they uh, were they were supposed to have Ivy, and yeah. then he and he left. But then they still were really good this year, and and but but then they ended up being younger than I think most people thought they were going to be, and it worked out really well for them. So right, and then, and Richard Brooks was not there available for the varsity team. That's either, right. So that'll be a game changer too. Yeah, so that'll be a team up in the South Bend, Mishawak area. That'll be one of the better teams to watch. So definitely. 
Um, the last two guys I think we'll just kind of touch on them real quick. Alex Covey from Tri-West and Jeffrey Simmons from Fishers. And, and I've been impressed with Covey just because I have not seen him play before the spring, before the summer. Um, like he's got a lot of toughness to him. But both these kids, just to set this up, both these kids will probably play football in college. Um, Simmons has already gotten some Division One football offers. And and Covey, from what I understand, is is just that caliber of player. Um, and Tri-West is a, is a good football school in the Indianapolis area. So, um, you know, he'll get a chance to – I think that's where he's going to end up. But I don't know much about his football at all. I know about Larry just – or Jeffrey Simmons because he's – nearby um but I, i've impressed with covey's toughness i've really impressed with his defensive abilities um offensively he's finished you know he's well he's more of a secondary scorer guy meaning a drop-off guy so he'll he'll get involved in some screening action and and move into space and, and and you know receive a pass there so not a situation where they go to him much in the low post i imagine at tri west they do you know just like at fisher's Simmons gets a lot of lane touches uh, or a lot of paint touches, high post, low post. Uh, with, with Coach Moore there, they ran a lot of offense. They ran some offense through him. Um, but he struggled against Zionsville in the sectional. And Zionsville, one team in the state that had tremendous size and size at, all, at every position. And, and Jeffrey struggled that game. Um, he's got to show more range from a basketball perspective. I think it's there. Shot mechanics are there, um, but you know he's he. But he's also a guy that both those kids play really hard. Really, this position you look at, you look at bigs, and, and sometimes you wonder, you know, these guys leave it out on the floor. Do they work hard? This group of guys seems to. It's got a really blue collar feel to all of it. And yeah, I agree. Yeah, Simmons and Covey are right there, and and you know he's he's a smart player. Um, but he's going to be a football guy. I'm pretty sure he's a tight end, and at, at six six with with good hands and decent length, um, that's why he's a heck of a tight end. And that's also why he's probably going to be one of the state's leading rebounders. So, um, another Peyton Hendershot, huh? Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's as athletic. Um, okay. I don't know that. I, I, you know, it's funny because Peyton came from Tri West, which was where Covey is, and I'm pretty sure Covey. Yep plays tight end as well but um i don't know if simmons is as athletic but at the same time um he's athletic enough he's not like he's not mobile um his foot you know especially for football he just i don't know i don't know a a lot about it i know the highlights we get a chance to see here it looks pretty good (laughs) you know but they're showing him at his best so yeah but obviously schools football schools like him he's because he's already starting to get some I think he's gotten some pretty big offers. I don't know. Um, not really tracking the football offers like we do. I mean, we track them if they commit to a different, you know, to a different sport. But anyway, um, moving on to the center position. Was there anybody? Well, anybody else in the power forward position you wanted to like throw out there or touch on? I mean, uh, I don't think so. There's a couple names that maybe I want to go see. Or I'll have to see this year. Who are those? Uh, throw those out. Uh, Jalen Bullock at Michigan City and Gabe Gillespie at uh, Andrean. I'll I'll get to see this year. Yeah, Gillespie probably have. He's kind of a weird one. I you know the way they use him, he's power forward. Yeah, you know he's he's probably more skilled than that. He's probably better suited to small forward position, especially defensively. Um, but I saw him play early in the year against like well, it was the first game of the year, so. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure he's on that. That's the best list for him. But um, yeah, I don't know yet. I mean, I want to see Lizenby, who's transferred to North Central, Antonio Lizenby, um, Brevin Hallett at Blue River Valley is a guy that you know his dad was part of those great White River Valley teams uh, in the mid '90s, early to mid '90s. Uh, those those are two guys that I want to see play um, a little bit more during the upcoming school season. Um, and that's, I mean, 
I mean, obviously there'll be a lot of other guys that we get a chance to see and get a better impression of, but, but those are the guys that I think are, you know, I, I, you know, Matt Ross is a kid at Peru that had a great year. Didn't see him play, um, you know, but coach Thompson likes him a lot and coach Thompson doesn't, isn't used to relying on young kids and they, he really liked Ross. So, you know, got, we'll have to get a chance to go up there and watch him play. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's a good, good grasp of that list there. Um, center wise, a uh, couple of kids I really like, but you've, you've seen Babuziak, Landon Babuziak from Hanover Central. So take, take him and, and Pete Moe. Talk a little bit about okay. both those guys. Okay, so Babuziak, uh, I had a chance to go see during the season. I went with Ryan actually to that game, and unfortunately he was out. We didn't know he was going to be out. He had an ankle sprain or something, and we missed him that game. Uh, but then I saw him a, a bunch this summer with the Indy Heat teams. Uh, I saw him play on a couple different Indy Heat teams. Yeah. I felt like he was a little raw this summer. Maybe it was just because of the people he was playing with. I don't know the focal point of an offense because he was playing with the CJ Gunn and and Dre Davis when I saw him uh, this summer in a couple games, and that he was more of a rebounder, clean up the garbage inside kind of guy in those games. Unfortunately, maybe hit a well, couple threes here and there. See, and I think Go that's ahead. the kicker for him is his his skill. Um, yeah, he's more he's more skilled than some of the other guys we're going to talk about on this list and and some of it's not ready yet but you can see that it's coming and right you know and he's a guy that i mean hanover central probably was a favorite at the two-way level with him and certainly in dominic lacido who was their senior point guard who was a four-year starter for them and but you know landon didn't play much as a freshman but then this year just sort of emerged in the scene and didn't really emerge, but, but, you know, he's, he's different, not, not a whole lot than Bontrager, you know, on the schedule, the Hanover central plays, Babuziak's going to be the biggest guy on the court almost every game. But he, again, he plays hard, right. But he's, but I like his oh, skill set more. And that Indy heat team rarely played two bigs together. So there was no, ex, there were, at least the games I saw, there was no exploring. Um, right bigger lineups and, and, you know, him and Pete Moe being on the same team, they split minutes. I don't know if they split it evenly, but, but that's a good matchup because Babuziak is, is a little bit more mobile, a little bit more skilled, even though Pete's jump shots coming around, but, but um, yeah, I think the, the games we saw, even a couple of those ones on video, Babuziak didn't play a ton, right. uh, mostly mostly because they only played one big guy at a time. So, but go on with him and, and anything you got to finish up on him and, and move into Pete. Yeah, like I said, definitely a raw raw player. Like we'd we'll like to see him again this this uh, winter, and I definitely will. Uh, hope to see him improve a little bit, also maybe in the post a little more. Like you're saying, if he's he's banging against smaller guys, he should be able to, to do well on the post. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it on, on Babuziak. I, I like him. I like his I like his ceiling. I think he's got something there, but if, if he finds it, and it, when he finds it, I guess is the question. Yeah. Um, go on, keep going with Mo. Okay, so Pete Mo, I really like this summer when I saw him a couple times. High energy guy, like we kind of talked about with the power forwards. Uh, he's got good hands and feet. I like him in the post a lot. Uh, didn't take many shots outside. Maybe a 15-footer here or there or three here or there, but but something that, that's not really him yet. Uh, plays through the contact, likes to attack the basket when he's in the post, runs the floor well on the break. Uh, at least the games I saw this summer, I, I just felt like his energy was was there and he he played well. He's just strong. I mean, he's a lives in Carmel, <laughs> goes to Cathedral. Dag on it. Anyway, I, I, Pete's his dad. His dad Jeff, a great player at Brebuff in the in the early mid nineties. Went to Iowa. Was an Indiana All Star. Uh, completely different player than Pete. Uh, Jeff was a, a guard, and 
handled the ball a lot for Marty Ecklebarger's rebuff teams and and was their stud. And Pete comes in, he's six eight, and he's a big kid, and and you know his footwork so improved over the last year. Uh, still still a little bit slow through his foot through his footwork through his moves, but you could see him getting crisper. And um, it's um, he loves contact. He is not shy away from it at all. His dad was a his dad was a badass in high school. Um, you know his his dad would just soon fight you as he would let you get by him. Um, I don't know that he ever got any fights on the court. Um, I'm sure I'm sure on the playground courts he probably did, but <laughs> but I mean that's his dad took no crap. And Pete's kind of right there. You know he's just a really tough kid. I like him. Wish he was going to school where he lived, but but that's just me and. Um, um, I don't. But he moved in. I don't know that he was ever going to Carmel. He he played here in eighth grade. He wasn't even at Carmel in seventh grade. But uh, um, but no, I I like his toughness. I like that he's his skill set with his back to the basket is is pretty good. So it was the next guy's skill set. As we'll move on to Charlie Williams. But but Pete's a guy that um, he's got a chance. The more he improves his face up game and his out his outside shot. It becomes a bigger part of his game. He can he can be a pick and pop guy. He can sure. be a roll guy and, and a you know rim run into a seal. I don't know that he'll ever be a straight line drive guy, um, but I think physically he can be a rim protector without being a shot blocker. I mean he's just got that kind of strength. You know he's he's got a little bit of gotta hate comparing. Um, you know I hate comparing guys to uh, to. Um, um, NBA players, but he reminds me a little bit of Steven Adams in just his, the way he moves, how physical he is. And, and, you know, in, in Adams's case, his offense was way behind his defense yeah. uh, when he was at Pitt. And he's never been a primary offensive player for Oklahoma city after just what was one or maybe two years in college, but just the same type of stature, just the same type of, of uh, the physicality on the court so but yeah I like I, I like him and um, Charlie Williams Carmel starting center um, already got two offers Florida Atlantic Youngstown State and I, and I think that's a function when you you start looking at him compared to Babuziak and Mo from an from a recruiting perspective you know it, his his offense is is further along than than Mo's right now he has his offense is further along than what John Michael Malloy's was at that age. I and mean, John Michael's a Butler. Now he doesn't have the body or the athleticism that John Michael had at that age. And he may never get there. You know, that's the thing with Charlie. He is thin. He's got excellent feet. He's got to get quicker. And while he doesn't shy away from contact, he doesn't attack it like Mo does. Um, but man, he can go. He can hook over e either shoulder. He can score going over either shoulder. Uh, that was the first thing I noticed. He's starting to develop three point range. Um, he did hit some mid range jump shot. He hit a big shot in a sectional, um, a, a face up shot. There's no reason why that won't stretch out. You know, and there's no reason why it won't stretch out this year. You know, and and. He has just got more touch and more feel than John Michael Malloy did at, at at any time in high school. John Michael was was a low post scorer, which Charlie is. John Michael could drive, you know. And again, there's some physical things like I touched on earlier that he's he may never get that. Charlie may never get that. Um, and that's a and that's a difference maker from a recruiting perspective. But offensively, he's just going to be as skilled as any kid can be at that position. And his touch going either way is, is impressive. And, and, you know, and he's got to get better defensively. He's got to get better as he rebounds. He's got to get better hanging on the ball. His hand strength is an issue. Um, can't tell you the number of times he would get to a ball, then get hit and lose it. Um, you know, so those types of things are going to be things he has to prove that, that he's going to improve on. And a lot of that is definitely a function of strength, but some of it too is a function of, of awareness and toughness and 
And again, he doesn't shy away from contact, but he's got to realize when he rebounds, he's going to get hit. And he's got to be the guy that's making that first contact. So that way he's anticipating it. And, and as that contact comes, doesn't lose the ball. Um, you know, his, his hands will get twisted because he gets hit and all of a sudden they'll spin through the ball and the ball comes out. And he's not losing the ball because he gets hit, in the, hit in the, at the ball or his hands. He gets hit. He loses the ball because he gets hit on his, his arms, like his upper, like his elbow area. And um, I know that was the focal point of some <laughs> mid-game subs, some discussions with the coaching staff, with, uh, with Coach Osborne, but, but they definitely believe in him. And, and again, offensively, he's just as, as good as there will be this year from a skill perspective. But I'd like to see him and Babuziak on the court at the same time because both those guys have – pretty diverse skill sets for, for big kids. Um, you, you, I know you saw Charlie play a couple times on video. What did you, what did you see in those games? It's just specifically in those games. You don't have to even have the same assessments. Um, right. Yeah, he played for Team Teague, right? He did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, shot a couple times from outside, I feel like, if I'm remembering the right player. Uh, yeah, yeah, that could be. In the po- you know, the, the, the one game that I know we both watched, he, he wasn't a big part of the offense. Um, yeah. So, and that's, and that's what I was, you know, and sometimes just throwing that at you, you, you know, you're like, well, if he's not a big part of the offense, we didn't really get a chance to see him play. You know, you don't sometimes forever, you know, sometimes we watch games and guys don't make any impression, you know, positive or negative. And we, you know, sometimes we just don't remember uh, what we see, but, yeah, but yeah, the the one the one game I know you saw he he did not he did not get a whole lot of touches. Um, but and I don't know if there was any been any other games on video or not. I know I've seen him play a couple times down here with them, where he's more he was more of a focal point, and and it was against teams that had their size, so it literally didn't have much to do with um you know who he was going against, but. But the Carmel Cathedral battle is going to be really good this year because Mo is definitely going to be a guy that's on the floor a lot for Cathedral. Um, he started for Cathedral last year, but then there'd be a lot of times they'd take him out and he would have long stretches where he wouldn't get back in. Uh, not uh, wouldn't get back in, but long stretches of the games where he wasn't in. Um, but this year, Mo is going to be a much bigger part of what they do offensively, and, and certainly Charlie will be for Carmel. So, you know, that's always a game that I look forward to seeing. And that'll be no different this year. So, um, DJ Allen at Leo, he and Jerome Hood at Evansville Bossier are kind of the same guy. They're both nice, big, long, athletic kids. Um, I really like Allen offensively more than Hood. And I think that, I mean, Allen is still a guy that is not, didn't look to be a low post score, at least in the summer. Um, Hood, I just saw play a couple times. He didn't get a lot of touches, but man, he impacts the game on the offensive glass and and, and is a good rim protector. Allen's the same way. Allen plays with Reedy, plays with Jalen Jackson, that group, uh, one of the Indy Heat teams. He is um, he's his defense is ahead of his offense, but he's really good on that end of the floor. And you know, I'd be curious to see what he'll be able to guard as he gets older. And also curious to see how what direction his offense takes. Yeah. Um, he definitely can finish. Um, he, he's got the advantage there. Hood's a guy that's going to be more of a factor on the offensive glass. Allen is a guy that's going to be effective on the offensive glass, but he's also going to be that secondary catch guy where they're dropping it off. They're, they're looking for him off ball screen action. Um, I don't see why he doesn't have – why he can't have a mid-range – why he can't have a mid-range jump shot going. So it looked pretty good in the summer, just briefly, but it's not something that they relied on at all. So um, Isaiah Davis is a kid that transferred from Zionsville to Greenwood Christian. You know, at Zionsville under Busick, Coach Busick, he was a ball screen guy and a, and, a, you know, and a roll guy. And that's – they're pretty much ball screen motion, so they've always got two guys setting ball screens. And – his job was pretty attached to paint. I don't know that that will be a whole lot different at Greenwood, Christian. He, he does have decent range. 
and there he'll post up more probably and he'll get more touches in the low post um you know than than he would of course a new coach at zionsville would use him differently you know regardless so it if he'd have stayed at zionsville he would have been a part of a motion situation where he definitely would get some low post touches um but you know if he had a, if he had a more defined offensive skill set that would get used too so greenwood christian he'll have a chance to explore that so um, we talked a little bit about him, or I did at least in the transfer episode, where um, he was. Um, he moves down there. He's. I think his interest is he wants to be part of. He wants to be in the ministry, and you know, for him that move made sense. So it wasn't just a basketball move, and it wasn't just. Uh, it wasn't really anything to do with with sports, from what I understand. So, any other names? As I pop uh, just, the mic there, any other names that yeah. we want to <laughs> toss in there? Just some, just some kids I want to see this upcoming season. Uh, Connor Penrod at DeKalb, I wrote his name down earlier. Jack Mahoney from Lake Central is a guy I want to see this year. Yep. And then uh, Chris Hood over at East Noble, I'll try to get over to see him this year. Probably. Yeah, Mahoney's a kid, too, that he played JV this year as a sophomore at Lake Central, and he'll be a guy that I, you know, that. For them, he'll develop. He'll be a developing low post player to keep an eye on, as his body changes. He's got a little bit of of Langdon Hatton at that age. Hatton probably a little bit more athletic and longer. Um, but but Jack's got a lot of the same touch around the basket. Um, and then it just really depends on again how his body develops. But yeah, that's definitely a guy I want to take a look at more upcoming or you know i'll get a chance to see him in the fall and um and then he's you know i got a chance to see him play a couple times this summer and he's just starting to get a little bit quicker and um so that's going to play a big role for him is at there at, at lake central so well that's about it right yeah unless we want to talk about uh rashid rashid uh, transferring quickly here um <laughs> I mean, we all know how I feel about stuff like that. Look, it, I'm not a big prep school guy, so um, I think they're taking a big risk by by going to elevate. It's not elevates faults. Somebody has to be part of that first year. Um, you know, I just don't know. I don't know what the situation would be that would make him want to leave Marion. Uh, there's from a recruiting exposure standpoint, there's there would be no advantage to leave Marion because Marion's as high profile as it gets and playing with Jalen Blackman. Yep. Um, yep. Both those guys will get coaches there. They will, they will benefit each other. And, and, you know, look, Jones will get that too. I mean, he'll get that with Ely with Michael Ely. You know, they'll have coaches there watching those guys play. I know they have signed some, they brought some kids in from out of state to play there. So they'll have college coaches at their games. There's no doubt about it, but he would have college coaches at his games too at Marion. So, um, you know, but I don't, I don't know. I, you know, any, look, my general disposition is, is I would definitely, there's no reason to leave Marion unless there's just, you know, it's an individual decision. They're going to play it out. It's our, you know, anybody will say that, that we thought it was best for us. Okay. That's right. I mean, obviously everybody makes decisions like that. Um, uh, so not arguing that, but, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to be part of the early going of that, of any situation like that. Um, in his case, he could go back to Marion and, you know, and be able to, and, and be just fine. Um, Ely's the one, I mean, I hope it works out because they're, I don't know Jones at all. Ely's a good kid. Um, so, I mean, I, no matter what, I hope it works out for those guys, but um, I just soon see, Rashid Jones stay at Marion and and I'm sure they'll have reasons not that I I don't know the family of I'm sure they would have reasons to tell me why they did it um so um that's all I got no 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 further expanding and there's a lot of guys in our spot that do what we do that think it's great let's go do it go try this yeah. go try that and I'm like no nah, I'm good stay at Marion you know the, right. they've gotten you this far even if you've got your own individual trainer it's gotten you here so 
Marion is a, is a showcase program. They have a huge history of producing talent. And even the years where they're, quote, down, they still will attract college coaches because the college coaches will know there's probably some young kid coming up that's eventually going to make them into a contender. And, and that's where they are right now. Blackman's healthy. Him and Jones would be a great, would be a great tandem. Um, and I was impressed with Blackman when I saw him play uh, in July. And, you know, that's, that's my general take on it. So, but uh, anything else we uh, share before we need to hit on before we um, um, move into our quick reads here? I don't think so. No. Did you have any viewpoint on Jones? I mean, no, I mean, I'm, uh, he's a 2022 kid. So he's, he's going early. Like you said, that's that's my wonder is why why now what's the what's the draw to go now I guess when he's got next year to play like you're saying with Jalen and and Marion and I, I would just be curious also as to the reasons but that's that's their call. Like he, he, yeah, we he got the exposure this summer with Team Teague also right so I mean I don't know. Yeah, I mean I'm just a look. I'm just I don't think I'm old school, but I'm definitely Indiana high school basketball is you can't turn an NBA game on these days without seeing somebody from Indiana. So yep. um, no reason to think you can't make it at the, the biggest levels. Um, it's, it's provide. I don't know that any of those Indiana guys have came from prep schools. I don't know. I have to look, um, but it definitely have come from the, Schools of all types, not just powerhouse schools, but 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 schools of all types. And um, you know, I don't know. I just I would probably decide to stay stay in my hometown and, and play basketball. But that's just me. So, um, well, anything else? Nope. School tomorrow. So got to get ready. There you go. Well, uh, of course, that Indiana podcast is brought to you as always this fall by Metro Indy. Basketball Fall League, the 14th annual Fall League, runs on Sundays from October 11th through November 1st. For more information and to register, visit MetroIndieBasketball.com. And Zach, you've got a read, correct? Uh, let me. I can pull it up here real quick. I wasn't ready for it. Come on, Box Out Sports. Yeah, yeah. Box Out Sports leading online graphic solution giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes in this season. You can sign up for your free demo today at boxoutsports.com. Nice. They well, work Zach, at VNN also, like we've talked about before. They do. They do. And the VNN, as always, is the probably the program you see most of these high school websites on these days. So Courtside Indiana Podcast is, is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can subscribe to them this podcast at both locations as well as soundcloud and uh, have them delivered straight to your phone tablet or desktop so zach as always appreciate it and to all those that listen uh, have a good week and, and thank you for listening uh,